0: hey there max here just to let you know this is the second part of our 2 part on action movies if you haven't listened to the first part please go back they should be available on the site Uh, if you've already listened to it enjoy what's coming i think roadhouse is is up there as one of the, the best worst action movies both of us have seen um And I think there's so many moments but you watch and re-watch it and it just like becomes even more impressive when you're doing it. The one that I'm going to suggest is I think another one that falls into that top tier category uh, with with one of our favourite stars in it, uh, Kurt Russell. Mm. And this is another thing that like sequels are kind of. a... This is a sequel movie. The first one was quite well respected, and this is a sequel, and and that's that's usually a, a good identifier of whether the movie is 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 one of those so bad it's good categories. Um, it is Escape from L.A. Have you what well, what's
1: the sequel called? Uh, what's the prequel called again? Escape from New York. Okay, so is that have you seen that? Is that any good?
0: Yeah, no, it's a decent. I mean, it's a, a classic eighties sci-fi action movie i don't think it's sci-fi it's more like a future action movie and um like the world but i think i believe believe it's like new york is like been a dumping ground of like just crime and stuff like a, a major disaster causes new york to be this wreck Kurt Russell is this like renegade soldier type character. He's has to go in to save the day. He succeeds, has to like confront all these like villainous characters. But it's it's done quite it's done quite seriously. It's it's got quite a nice action level to it. It's quite dark and brooding. And I think that's because it's New York as well. Like New York is quite a, a dark and brooding place. Escape from LA, and that was I think Escape, escape mm. from New York was like late, late eighties, early nineties. Escape from LA was like late '90s, I think, maybe even early 2000s, and so so much time had passed that like the yeah. the movie had just become it was just a clown of itself. And I think it was it was at that period where people were trying to do crazy stuff with stuff like CGI with certain plots, and it was just mental. Kurt Russell
1: plays Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Good name, solid, solid name.
0: Um, which is also like what was with the the kind of nineties and naming like male action heroes, Snake. I think like you know in in the video game world you have the Metal Gear Solid series where all the characters were named Snake and stuff like that. So I just think that was like a trope of the time. And uh, so Snake Plissken, after the events of Escape from New York it has been on the run during the interim years, from my understanding. The, the There's been a president, right, like in America, who's, who's very like religious, heavily religious, and, and says like LA is like the breeding ground of sin. And he says that like there's going to be some disaster there. That's the, uh, the act of God. And, and like scarily enough, there's an there's a earthquake or something and causes LA to be submerged partially around the, the coast of, of America. So it's now like an island. And so this president uses it as a prison island and, and people are sent off there for various crimes ranging from like actual crimes of, of murder and, and theft and stuff like that, uh, to, to like uh, moral crimes like, you know, they might be gay or they might not be religious or whatever. So they're all sent over there. A side, note on, a side note on what the president also does, like as a result of this thing, he manages to kind of get like a dictatorship level of, of power. He no longer has to serve two terms, And um, in a a really random moment, they also say, like, I don't know why they had to add this into the movie, but like, it's just like, oh, he moves the capital of the US from Washington, D.C. to like this small town in Alabama. And it's just, it's never explained why that's an important proof point of the movie, but it's brilliant. Anyway, Snake Plissken. It's finally claw- caught. You you, you ha- hear some, some of going back to what we were talking about, like themes, you hear that he was up to some business in Cleveland. You don't know what that business was, but you can imagine that it was classic mm-hmm. Snake pliskin exploits. Um, Kurt Russell decked out in like a heavy leather jacket, like stubble the biggest mullet you can see. And I think it I think it rivals the Swayze uh, in terms of the mullet and um and an eye patch because all action heroes in this time had eye patches. He's brought into this, this thing because the president's daughter has been uh, seduced by the leader of this uh, prison
1: island. Rip off Che Guevara in this, isn't he?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got, like, he's got the beard yeah. of Che Guevara, he's got, like, a, a kind of, like, the beret thing. His name, which I love, is Huevo Jones, <laughs> uh, which... <laughs> with, yeah. with, I, I'm, my my GCSE-level Spanish isn't that good, but I do think Huevo is egg, so it's, it's like, eggy Jones. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, like, Kurt Russell is, is like, brought on board, um, and they're, like... And Kurt Russell is, like, in this character, like, the ultimate brooding action hero. He speaks. He smoked twenty Benson's a day since he was four.
1: Like has like he's so. My see, my thing. What one of the things with this is that it, throughout the film, he's so. I don't. Maybe the phrase is like monotone badass. If you know what I mean. They're like. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. it's the standard, completely unwavering, action hero one-liners. Uh, yeah, usually, just yeah. sort of like sort of snarled out while he's got a cigarette dangling from his lip like that every line is that you know th- this guy you cannot imagine him saying anything other than like these these action hero one-liners you i mean this guy couldn't order something over the phone this guy you can't imagine him taking wedding vows this guy all he's capable of saying is like there's going to be a fire in town and, and, just, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, the thing
0: is, he's a cigarette dangling from his mouth. I mean, that's like a running st- subplot to this movie is the fact that he can't get a cigarette. But anyway, the, he, he's like brought on board. He's asked to go into LA, rescue the president's daughter. And in return, he'll get a full pardon. Um, and he's like, what makes you think I want to do that? Because he, he can't, he, he's given up on America. He doesn't care about that. Um, it's also implied, mm. I think it's worth noting at this point, it's also implied that like the rest of the world is also it's not just America, the rest of the world is turned into dictatorships and warring yeah. countries and and everything. And the daughter to like make things even more intense, like she, the so president's daughter hasn't just run away to this island, but she's also taken this weapon of mass destruction. You don't know what it is at this point. So so like Kurt Russell is like, well, I'm not going to do it. And they basically tell him that they've infected Kurt Russell with a virus, which I believe was literally what happened in the, the okay. escape from New York. He's infected with a virus um, from from, uh, from his trans- transition from the beginning of the movie. And uh, he's now like, uh, he's got like I think 12 hours to live. Um, and he's got, like, an accelerated form of this virus, so he's going to start to feel woozy and have headaches. Side note on that is that, like, if you want this, like, absolute action hero Mm -hmm. badass to perform at his best, you don't give him something that is going to make him gradually worse at his job throughout the movie. (laughs) Like, surely you want him on peak form. Yes, put him a virus, but put something that will kill him after 12 hours
1: with, like, no side effects whatsoever so that he can still perform to his... I mean, no no plots. I mean, obviously plot spoilers are on the cards for us. We, we don't have to worry about giving stuff away. But am I right in thinking that all uh, that's... It's a... What do they call it? A placebo? Like, yeah. it's not it's not an actual poison isn't it at the end of, <laughs> yeah so there's the bit and where like at the end, like, stands in a field,
0: surrounded by all these soldiers like up like saying like give me the antidote and they just don't do anything and then basically it's revealed that like it was just an accelerated form of the flu so that it didn't do anything it just made him feel really sick which again is just again like he's just going to feel like like he's going to yeah. you have potential risk of your mission failing because you've actually put uh, you know, a handicap on this guy,
1: um, which you didn't need to do. I mean, of course, if you're going to inject someone, do it, do do like, what do you do, you know, like animal testing or whatever? <laughs> Where are you going with this? If you're going to do it, do, do it, test like, test, no, but like test, test like a new drug on him or something like that. If 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 it's just going to be like a, if you're there, but there's no point injecting him with like water or whatever. You may as well inject him with like some sort of new cure or disease or something like that you know that they test animals on and at the end of it just like take his blood pressure and go all oh, right, well so that doesn't work then <laughs> it's not as dramatic as as at the end going there was nothing in your veins all along but still they could have done yeah something yeah just, just
0: kill, you know kill two birds with
1: one stone and all that, that that's... <laughs> I, I was
0: really wondering where you were going with that, like just, just like him like an animal. Put li- lipstick on pigs or something. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> <laughs> lipstick on Kurt Russell, Russell's like grunty face. Um, so he um, he goes into. So going back to the plot, he goes into um, L.A. via a submarine, which is crappily rendered in oh, CGI. Yeah.
1: That's one of those like we were talking about with, with all our general tropes and stuff like as he's sailing, as he's gliding through the water on this, he sees like the, doesn't he see like the Los Yeah, Angeles, yeah. like, like, like the like highway sign
0: that you see and I think, I think you do, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he ends up like coming on this thing, basically sees this like hellish world and there's various things which I think we need to go into about this like, this like prison world. First thing I think is worth worth pointing out is that this is a place that, yes, Criminals and thieves and murderers and all the horrible people of the world have been put. But it's also people who are like not religious, people who are, you know, gay, who don't support the president, like average people who have like various things. And that's also mm-hmm. worth noting that so in the earlier part of the movie, like when he's been like led through this, like, checkpoint charlie zone for like all these people being like sent off to this prison thing all of them look like the most tamest people in the world like um you know like businessmen and like families and stuff and there's the option to like be be electrocuted yeah. rather than go like to, to take the death penalty rather than go to l.a just to like highlight uh, uh, how yeah. the, the electric chair is in it, isn't it if yeah, from a, yeah. But like, it's not like hidden in a room or where you can have some final moment of privacy. It's just like there in the hallway, right next to it. It's like, you can just sit down and like, uh, plug yourself in. Um, yeah. So then Kurt Russell, Snake Pliskin, who also, again, another side point on this is that he's like, um, he's been given all this like cool outfit, like this like PVC bodysuit that he's wearing. Yeah. Um, but he's he's kind of lost his physique at this point in his career, and so he's got this snake tattoo on his stomach, hence his name. But he's he's got a real beer gut at the same time, so it looks like the snake's moving even when he's not meant meaning it to. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he, it, like the people who are like telling him what to do, it turns out they're using some technology to make them look like holograms, so he doesn't attack them. So it's like a running thing of him trying to get escape, but they're not letting him because you know they're, they're like they're, they're holograms. And anyway, he goes to this island, eventually, like, finds the girl with Bravo Jones um, and uh, discovers that the, the weapon of mass destruction is this uh, device, which is like these satellites surrounding the Earth um, which have EMP um, bombs in them. And uh, it basically, like, they can target specific locations and bomb that country back to the Stone Age. So like all the infrastructure will still exist, but it will have no electricity and all its technology will will like not work at all. So he realizes this, and that's what Huevo, Eggie Jones is, is threatening the president with. He like goes live on TV, like, another like classic villain thing of like doing a, a statement on TV. So he goes live on TV yeah, yeah. and he he like you know makes this statement about president like removing all the restrictions on the borders, letting everyone free and all that stuff um and then uh, like otherwise he will he will use this weapon against america meanwhile all these other dictatorship countries start to like converge on america because they think they can like take over the country and uh, kurt russell manages to get back this device um which looks exactly like his like um this voice recorder that he carries with him he like takes the the, the president's daughter back. Um, the president wants to kill the daughter because he's like she's no daughter of mine anymore. Um, just just to underline how much of an evil guy he is. Um, it's then revealed that Kurt Russell um, is a hologram all along. He's like oh, he's escaped. He's <laughs> escaped and he's used the hologram to like distract everyone. And then he activates the the protocol for this satellite thing to bomb the entire world with EMP, so that everyone goes back to the stone
1: age um, doesn't he say like i've turned the world's electricity off <laughs> no, no no he says he says something, so first of all like they're saying like the president
0: is like you need to give me that weapon because if you don't america's going to be invaded by all these like all these other terrorist groups all these other like dictatorships and he's like give it to you you win they lose give it to them they win you lose the more things change, the more things they stay the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, classic uh, sort
0: of, like, snarling action hero. Doesn't actually make any sense uh, as well as a statement. Um, so, yeah, he ends up, like, eradicating the world's electricity grid, finally finds his pack of cigarettes, <laughs> like, a pack okay. of cigarettes that's fortunately placed on the, like, in the middle of, like, a field, um, and then lights lights a cigarette, the camera goes dark, the credit's just about to go up, and then you just hear the final line of the movie, which is Kurt Russell saying, Welcome to the human race.
1: (laughs) I I mean, it's perfect for what it is. I mean, it's it's form and content amazingly match, the line with the whole cynical thing. But it's so uber, like, cynical and so over the top. Like, Mm. what you've just seen, is how we all really are inside. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all grasping villains. We're all like muddling and cheating our way through life. Like we all we're all opportunists. We're all uh, it's just I get why it's there and if it's the film but I I hate that quote. I think the thing
0: is is I mean I've I've raced through the plot because there's some exceptional moments in it. Um, oh yeah including uh like it's got pam Greer of jackie brown fame in it um, who plays a transvestite in it which i just feel really uncomfortable that they needed yeah. to make that a plot point again that was something that happened in cleveland i don't she's know got, why
1: she's got a weird voice in it from what i remember she's got like that voice that the dub people on crime watch with <laughs> you know when you know when they don't want to be named they don't want yeah. to be passed out as like the neighbor who snitched on like the murderer next door or whatever. And the- do you reckon the director was too scared to go to her? To go to her, like
0: you know, Pam. It only works if you like, you know, put you in shadow so you can't see your face as well. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's that sort of like deep, like alien sort of. Like, sort of, you know, just what? to
0: emphasise that she used to be a man. Like, that is just. Um, and then there's, there's Steve Buscemi in it, who, yeah. despite being in the, the ruins of LA where no one has real interest in any leisure activities, is trying to make his way as a
1: tour guide to the stars. And... Oh, right, yeah. Uh, oh, like one of those visit all the famous Hollywood houses yeah. and tours, right. And who exactly is going on that? Yeah. No. I,
0: exactly. Exactly. And then he like betrays Snake Pliskin, and then he goes back on side with Snake Please. He's, he's, he's like a weird character. Yeah. Um, what about what about the scene? I, uh,
1: I think that's shortly after he meets Pangria and she can uh, help him. And they come in on like hang gliders. <laughs> yes, I was gonna get to that. Yeah, so he like, so they're like they're they're miles away from
0: where this like final thing is gonna happen. And you know, Snake Plissken wants to live. He wants to stop this this Quavo Jones. Um, and so he like gets in these. So him and Pam Greer and Steve Buscemi and a few of her gang, they all like go there. And to do to go there, they use hang gliders, which are. So poorly rendered in the in the game in the in the in the um, in the film, and uh, I just kept on thinking like that scene from The Simpsons wow. at home was just like you can run but you can't glide because like, he's just like shooting them as they're
1: like that flying around so like gliding around and just shooting so all these things. Oh shit! That I mean, there's three like uh, Kurt Russell's on, yeah, um.
0: Pam Grier, like some of I think there's a few people because they like she has her yeah,
1: luckies on there. And but but there's there's loads of this Eggie Jones's henchman about and his like his mob and his followers and whatever. There's loads of it's in like a square, a public square or something like that, and they hover over. And just think how are they not getting shot down? They're <laughs> flying around like they're on some sort of like lake district hand gliding <laughs> activity tour. And no one, with all, like... And all of these people, all of Eggie Jones, they've all got, like, guns and ammo and they're not bereft of, like, weaponry. And they're not shooting them down. Well, this is this is the thing that I, like, I think is quite weird
0: about Snake Plissken's character because throughout it
1: all, he does not
0: take any damage from, like conventional weaponry there's a scene at the beginning where he's trying to get eggy jones and the president's daughter where eggy jones has got like a giant bright red cadillac which for some reason which is never explained has like the heads of like um like (laughs) cabbage patch kids on the boot of it and it's never explained why that is that is the case But that's, like, that's that. And um, so he's, like, shooting people. He's, like, getting shot at and nothing. Like, bullets are, like, going around him. Um, and then, like, Craver Jones just goes, like, watch this. Take some bolas. Uh, you know, those, like, the, the, the rope with, like, two... Like, oh, yeah, balls yeah. ...at the end. Like, I think it's, like, a South American-style, um, tr- like, native weaponry. He, like, rolls it, like, flicks it over his head. And then suddenly... Snake is just hit and then just goes down and he's like completely he's completely comped out from that moment. It's like he he seems to not be vulnerable to any actual weapons unless they were made before Christ. Like that's the that's the only time that he seems to be able to be affected by weaponry.
1: It does. I remember he flies off. He uh, gets uh, knocked off his car and that's the, is that the bit where the you know what I'm going to say where those. <laughs> Again, more, more henchmen, more <laughs> goons come after him. The him, So you think, oh god, this is it. It's time's up, and it's just the lone shooter, Snake, versus these guys, and they're all aim and they're all ready to go. It's one of those. It's 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 another one of these weird like mercy moments that we've talked about, where they could easily, absolutely pelted Snake, yeah. uh, but they stop. There's a weird pause, mm. and then Snake just goes. Have a Bangkok rules? And <laughs> all of the guards, all of the guards in this scene are like,
0: they, they know what it is. First of all, is the rules. You know, like, oh, yeah, oh, they know
1: the Bangkok rules. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, obviously, I'm more of a fan of like the Hong Kong rules, <laughs> so like, that's my variation. I'm just gonna, you know, okay, Bangkok rules, yeah. fine. You're the guy getting shot, so it's fine. And then he, he like picks up a tin can, and he's just like, when this hits the ground. I'll, like, we, we all go one, and so he, he kind of throws it up, and then while everyone's looking up, he shoots them all. And then and then the thing goes, and then the, the, the kin, tin can falls on the floor. But it's like, it's the weirdest scene because everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, fine, let's just, we've just been told to kill him, but no, let's have a yeah, bit of fun. Let's yeah, play Bangkok sure instead.
1: I, I don't think you get to pick the rules of your own firing <laughs> squad. I don't think that, that works. <laughs>
0: My, one of my other favourite moments of like putting Snake in a, in a difficult position and hoping that I'm like trying to see if he'll get out is um, the basketball scene. Do you remember um, this? Yeah, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. So he's he's caught by Eggy Jones and uh, and when Eggie Jones is making his statement to to the world press um, on on his TV, he's just got and I love this in the back corner of of the of the video. He's got Snake Pliskin. Like lashed to a treadmill that just keeps on going. Yeah. <laughs> just like he obviously saw the belly that Kurt Russell had halfway through, and he was just like, "No, I'm going to get rid of that. Yeah. Okay, because no action here he deserves to have a gut." Because at like the that. minute that that um, tattoo
1: looks like when you see those snakes that have swallowed a goat. <laughs> and so, obviously, Eggy Jones has gone. This is for you, snake. Like a little, like a sort of little wink. Like, trust me, pal. You're <laughs> yeah, six, six months of this, and and you'll be absolutely on point.
0: But, but side note on this, like a tattoo on your stomach, I can't imagine that being like, if you wanted a tattoo that defined you, I can't imagine that ageing well as a tattoo. Mm. Like on your stomach, you've got so many variables that
1: changes the, the proportion of that snake. I mean, yeah, true. So, but again, like you can pass it off, can't you? So you can be like, oh, look, look, he's he's gone and eaten like a domestic cat if, if you put on a few pounds, or see so if you get a rash, you'll just be like, yeah, that's like this, the snake scales or whatever. So there's a lot, actually, if you get psoriasis and stuff, there's, there's a lot you can do with it, that tattoo, actually, Max. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you probably in haste have not considered. <laughs> That, that is on me.
0: That, you're absolutely right. I did not really consider that. He was obviously thinking way into the, into the future. Yeah, exactly. if he was like, oh, if I lose weight and the, there's, there's the stretch marks, you can say, well, that snake was uh, was nearly caught by a hunter. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's one of the snakes in Looney Tunes, if you don't recognise. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so yeah, okay, fair enough, Fair. Fair
1: enough, fair, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so the basketball scene. The basketball scene is, it, I'm assuming that it's It's probably, oh, I wonder if, I mean, I wonder if that's a reference because we're not uh, like, well, I mean, you've got your karate, I guess, but I'm certainly not like a sporty guy. I wonder if that is that another like LA hat tip is that is that like a famous sporting uh like a famous ground or something that they've overtaken or well, no, because that... it's not
0: because it's a baseball ground I think that they're in like it's a giant because he's got they, they put a a, a a like basketball court inside a giant <laughs> yeah like yeah. giant thing but the whole thing is is that you've got to get 10 points but you've got to go back so you've got you've got to run the length and you've got like I think it's like 15 seconds or something you've got to run the length of the basketball court shoot hoop run the other Mm. length of the basketball court shoot a hoop and you've got to get 10 points and obviously like the idea is that no one gets 10 points because everyone's too shattered by the end of it and they can't make it to the Mm. end to make the make the make the shot so that's like the premise and then they're going back and forth they're going back and forth and and obviously it's given and you see like someone fail at it and there's firing squad standing around the outside of this yeah. this basketball court who shoot him and then and then like it's used as a kind of entertainment and this is what's weird is that like you know just in america it's like okay it's an oppressive state but it's still like america whereas in like la it's just turned into the thunderdome um and mm. it's it's a really weird trying to kind of mishmash all genres into one but anyway, like Kurt Russell, Snake Bliskin is, is thrown into here. He starts doing it, he starts doing it, mm. obviously getting exhausted, gets right to the end, and he's like, you know, he's got like three seconds on the clock, and he's like, he's completely exhausted, probably from that gut. He probably should have started on the treadmill a bit earlier. Mm. And um he just hoofs it, he just like throws the ball from like one end of the basketball court to the other, and then It goes in the net and there's silence Mm -hmm. and everyone like freaks out interesting film fact about that apparently that actually happened i don't believe it for one bit but apparently kurt russell (laughs) did that entire scene of him um running back and forth and then like throwing the actually getting it in i could i could have been misinterpreting those facts i'm more than i'm happy to open that but apparently like he he completely yeah he completely did it um but yeah, Eggy Jones is like shoot him anyway, and then the crowd is like, "No, Snake Plissken's amazing. He can do this." And then mm-hmm. like that's when there's like a, a bit of a confrontation. He has to escape. Uh, if there's no. If you're still wondering whether Snake Plissken can do anything else, uh, he ends up <gasps> surfing. Um, and not just surfing on any surf wave, but apparently he surfs on a tsunami. Apparently that's what the guy says it is—a yeah. tsunami that he's surfing on. Um, and then, not on his own, but he jumps from his surfboard mid-surf into the Babyhead Cadillac driven by uh, Steve Buscemi.
1: Yeah, I v- definitely remember that scene. <laughs> and at one point, like Buscemi turns, or I mean, I, I I don't understand. He turns, clocks the tsunami, you know, in the left-hand lane, and then starts to speed up trying not to be overtaken by a tsunami (laughs) so he speeds up and and the camera from what i remember looks at kurt russell and he's like well i'm gonna speed up as well i think what do you mean like you're not in control of this you're at the whim of a natural disaster you don't go right time to not ratchet up a not." so i didn't really get that but yeah there's like this weird like I guess classic action trope, which just given a real absurd spin of like, usually there's a bit car chase type stuff in action films, but no, this is surfboard, V, Cadillac. And yeah, he leaps, he does, he, he leaps across yeah. like the freeway or whatever they're on <laughs> and lands in the car. So at this
0: point, uh, you've heard us talk about some of the common things you'll find in most action movies, talked about a few of our favorites. And hopefully there's some inspiration there for you to go off and, and watch these movies and tell us your thoughts as well. Uh, before we kind of round off the episode and, and end it there, we uh, we go back to our regular feature. Um, what's quickly becoming my favourite part of the show, casting and couch. And uh, today's, today's one, as mentioned earlier, is uh, The Quartz Protocol. Ash, how did you find this one?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great sort of mock title, and it opens up a lot for some for some reason. I don't know. It, it triggered quite a few things in me. I've got I, over the course of this, you know, sort of past half hour or so, things have been bubbling up. Um, I've got a favourite that I think I think you might like. Um okay, go on. Opening scene. Hit me. So this is the quartz protocol. Uh, it's what I've called an ensemble Brazilian heist farce. <laughs> so, yes. uh, sorry, an ensemble Brazilian action heist farce. Okay, okay, fine. Okay. So my influences here are, you know, the likes of the big ensemble action film. You know, the big sort of blockbustery stuff like the um, like a Connor, like okay. a bendables type thing. But also with a good dose of, like, this sort of um, mummy-style action film. So I, they're the influencers that have gone into the mix here. Okay. So what happens, uh, Quartz Corp, which is, is the evil corporation in this one, uh, have just muscled in on this big sort of, uh, like, gem mine in Brazil. Okay. And they're mining it for Quartz to use in... I mean, I, mean I, I could recycle this from my other film, uh, which is using computer <laughs> chips. And that could be used for maybe, you know, a super computer, maybe a super like hacking computer uh, mm-hmm. to get into okay. military secrets. Or it could be for chips to implant in the brain. Or maybe they're just making, you know, sort of like Rolexes or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: quartz right. are apparently used also commonly, <laughs> can also commonly be found in watch faces. <laughs> So much information about quartz. <laughs> there was some, some. There was some good <laughs> mineral sites that helped me with. And this.
0: More research on, on, like, on, like, the title of uh, the movie than I ever thought anyone would ever do.
1: Well, you know, uh, well, like I say, I'm a screenwriter, so I took this pitch quite serious. Anyway, so Quartz Corp have muscled in on this Brazilian mine. Yeah. Uh, they're using local prisoners, so it's it's almost like um, what what did they used to call it when they used to put prisoners? Chain to gang work? was it like a chain gang? Yeah, so it's like a chain gang. They're hacking away at this this mine now, unbeknownst or maybe beknownst. <laughs> this is benounced. What? <laughs> <beknownst Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe beknownst. Let's remove the pre uh, the prefix, <laughs> shall we? Um, but maybe beknownst. See, this is where I need your help okay, on this. Okay. Um, the, like I say, Quartz Corp. They've got the mine. Maybe it's maybe it's an area of like natural beauty or mm-hmm. something like that. But anyway, classic corporate villain. They've moved in. They've got the the profit goal in mind, and that's all they're interested in. The mine is in, unbeknownst to them, perhaps. <laughs> Or, or like I say, benounced. They, there's something at the heart of this. So this is where like the mummy, the, those sort of like national treasure movies. Are, oh, know, you're pulling from
0: that? Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So at the heart of this mine, there's like maybe classic, uh, like Aztec treasure. Okay. Something like that. Really priceless. Uh, not not only note it, not only an actual sort of market price, but also like cultural. You know, this is like a big find. Now. This evil company, maybe maybe they want that after all. Maybe maybe they're the the maybe. That's what the quartz protocol is. They're using this quartz mine, and the, the fact that they're using it to make you know fancy, uh, glassy watches, as like that's their cover. Okay. Whereas the real aim is to get to the the Aztec treasure. And use that to, you know, for all sorts of like evil ends.
0: Okay. So do you reckon it's like the? Is so it, do you reckon it's like the the emerald from Arance, *Romancing the Stone*? Like
1: just that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a like a big hoard, like in the National Treasure films, or or like the stuff like that. Maybe maybe it's just one single gem. Yeah. Okay. But they obviously quartz corp are going to use that to power like the hacking computer, or <laughs> or maybe. If you think a yeah. Hassan computer is powered by, a, like, a gemstone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, or, like or like I say, they're going to use it for some sort of, uh, as I said, one of the third common features, of quartz is that it's also used for microchips. Um, is that they're using it for for microchips. Maybe, maybe they're going to produce microchips uh, for, like, elite organisations like the Pentagon or something like that and then little do they know that like using this rare gemstone like secrets can be hacked and stuff yeah, like okay. that yeah
0: okay no, i i get it. We, we can work out boffins can work out the science of this
1: um yeah okay so that, that's corticorp have got an evil, evil uh plan in mind anyway but but no see this this is where the ensemble bit comes in um obviously people who value uh value culture value history don't want this sort of reckless uh, pillage to happen so they all bunch together it's it's a bit like you know this is where the, the buddy ensemble bit comes in uh, a group of maybe like a magnificent seven type thing come together you've got your muscle men in there so you've got i'm thinking uh ross kemp's first u.s role
0: That's it, Ross Kemp is definitely in this movie. Ross
1: Kemp is sort of... Bruce Willis wasn't available or whatever, so they've got Ross Kemp in there, like the muscle man. And Jason Statham was already busy, so they had... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They've, They've settled for Kemp, they've seen Ross Kemp on Gangs, they know it's a good show, they see the potential in Ross as an action star. So he's yeah. there. So basically, what I'm saying, maybe the American government or whoever, may, maybe the Brazilian government, like their home government, want to keep these treasures for like like a like a to put in their museum. You know, it's it it's yeah. theirs. It's, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, it's it's culturally theirs. They own it. It's it's for their mm-hmm. people. It's it's to put on display. So what they're doing is they're putting these band of seven in as pretend criminals because, like I say, there's there's a chain gang chipping away at this. They're going to infiltrate the operation, get the gem, and bring it to its rightful owners. So oh, I like this already. Okay, so now let's
0: work. Let's work out the, the cast. We've got okay. So, Kemp.
1: Yeah, so uh, Kemp is there uh, as the muscle man. So, like I say, yeah. I want this to be like a bringing together of different disciplines. I want mm. this to be like a, like a. So you've got y- y- your muscle guys in there. You've got like maybe someone who's really skilled with, with the guns. He's a a top shooter. So he could be played by, say, like uh, maybe
0: R. Kelly.
1: Yeah, R. R. Kelly.
0: R. Kelly in his film role there. That's like his 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 attempt. R. Kelly. It all went down. R. Kelly is is the guns guy.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, R. Kelly is there. Then he could, maybe we could rope him for the soundtrack as well then I'm thinking there's got to be the curator. So there's got to be sort of like the wily, high-strung curator, the, the, the person who like is not just... Who brought them together. Yeah, so I'm thinking a, a woman curator for this. And I've got in mind Elizabeth Berkeley from Showgirls. <laughs> so she's... Again, Where the
0: hell did she come from?
1: <laughs> so she's... Well, so no like I say this is this is mid to late 90s it's Okay kind of,
0: oh it's, it's another 90s I, flick okay
1: yeah so okay, she's cashing in on on sort of maybe or maybe maybe this is her first movie or big break since showgirls okay so she's moving you know she's tried uh Vegas stripper dramas they don't work for her she's moving into the action game she's she's the like curator and there's lots of that sort of like comic quick fire dialogue between like the muscle guys who just want to go in and shoot everyone and just steal it mm-hmm. and cheese a bit like no we need to play it safe like we've got to conserve all of this precious uh stuff yeah um so you've got yeah the muscle guy uh the skilled gunsman, got- the curator who cares yeah. about that stuff can i
0: throw a name in here because i feel yeah. like this ben kingsley i think needs oh things.
1: kingsley he could be could he make a good villain as well to be honest he could be, yeah, so he could be, like, the guy who's, like, the project manager if Well, not project manager, but you know what I mean. <laughs> project manager! <laughs> <laughs> he could
0: be... Bureaucracy of Quartz <laughs> Corp is so much. <laughs> be... A mid-level manager, assistant to the regional manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kingsley, Kingsley could be uh, sort of, yeah, mid-level um he's moved exactly. from the marketing department into yeah. uh, so he he's like the sort of chief he, he's like the project chief he's there he's the one like does uh, who's mapping out all of these routes to, to find the treasure he's in charge of this big prison operation that they use in prison mm-hmm. as hack away. so kingsley could be the villain here um i guess there's always space for one of these like we were talking in our, in our tropes you know there's always like the, the man upstairs type of thing like there's always someone bigger and better and and a, yeah a bigger better villain than him so the, maybe there's room for someone above Kingsley I don't know um do you reckon as part of the the, the the fake chain gang we should
0: have someone like Val Kilmer I reckon oh that's a shout yeah when did
1: he do the Batman ones? That was nineties that was late nineties yeah so you so could he could, could have so had he's coming off that um, he's coming off that he is there as Hmm. He's I reckon he's the knife expert.
0: Knife expert, okay. So we've got a gun expert played by R. Kelly, a knife expert. This is very 90s. A knife expert played by Val Kilmer. Yeah. We've got the Ben Kingsley
1: is the project manager. Well, yes. Um We've got Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley's <is> the curator. <laughs> the curator. Um and who else maybe, do we have Maybe maybe like um Someone to like, like the translator, if you know what I mean. Like the someone who can speak to, like you know, overhear. Maybe they're the person who's always overhearing, like uh, the guards talking in the corridor, and they, you know, the, someone who can pick up secrets. And um so, say like maybe at some point in the movie, obviously there's going to be the mm. night where they've cracked, like this, the, the, the through the inner sanctum, almost like you know the way pharaoh tombs were built and they they had like these mazes that went through into like a bit maybe like these prisoners they're working away the chain gang like like Andy Dufresne sort of chipping away at his wall Mm. for years and and maybe the night that they're about to go in and they're gonna say maybe that person the translator over here is like we're gonna put extra extra security on tonight but obviously in Brazilian um Bill Paxman Bill Paxman yeah so he's he's a sort of Who's who's there to to be able to you know cover the tracks if they need any bit of uh, translation and, and stuff like that? You know, you said there was someone above Ben Kingsley. Okay, I'm just, just just to add. I have an idea of who this could be. Okay, go for it. Well, I've see. I think that I mean he's quite a serious actor. To be fair, um, Max von Sydow. Ooh, that would be no. You know the guy. He's nice. He's... he's, he's He's been in loads of obviously all the Bergman films and whatever, but he was in he was the exorcist. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He was in he was in Chateau Island as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's got that sort of like evil guy uh gravity to him. Maybe he the one up from project manager.
0: Okay. So so give me some set pieces on this. What what we're we gonna have? What some fight scenes are we gonna have?
1: Um, so first first we wanna so not only I, I reckon, like in all of these big uh group action sort of films there's both tension within the gang the, group, the, the yeah. band of brothers if you like there's always internal tension and and then there's the bigger bad guy which is quartz corp so internal tension i reckon one of the set pieces is like they all meet in brazil under like their assumed like their aliases so they're all meeting up for the first time it may be like a mm. sort of dirty bar something like that Yeah, um, classic and of course kilmer and maybe kemp do not get on.
0: Yes. No, I get that. I get that. And maybe,
1: maybe there's a barroom brawl in there. Like they're quite a, like a staple of uh, action films. Maybe there's a barroom brawl between Kilmer and Ken. But then the police come in and it was all orchestrated. The police was come in, it's all orchestrated. So they get arrested and put in this chain gang. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I couldn't think how they yeah. Cause at some point they, they have to have the genuine paperwork or whatever to, to pass off as criminals. So, so they're now in this train gang and they're now working together. And um, you've got Elizabeth Berkeley. She's gonna obviously fall in love with one of them because it's like a mid nineties. Yeah, yeah she, she's the love interest. So but it's gonna have that sort of vibe that like Rachel Vice and Brendan Fraser had in The Mummy where like one of them's a like a like a gun tote and slob sort of action figure. Oh well, it's gonna be Val Kilmer then
0: and Elizabeth. Berkley. Okay, so
1: yeah, Kilmer's Kilmer's just out for like the the mission element of it he's just out yeah. to kill foreigners to kill evil people she's uh, obviously quite interested in in uh, the curatorial side of the action film shall we say i just
0: got, i can't imagine though these people like chipping away at mine you've got elizabeth berkeley trying to like mine an, inside a cave yeah. somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere.
1: working uh, on it trying to like sort of grind it away
0: uh... Um, just because I think I'm aware of the, the present day, uh, sensitivities towards him. I reckon, um, R. Kelly's got to die at some point just because...
1: Oh, yes. Good point, actually. Now that we, we're in a position to dole out justice, um, yeah, R. Kelly, maybe, maybe, maybe R. Kelly is, do you reckon within our, our band of brothers that there's got to be the, the double crosser?
0: Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Then R. Kelly's the double.
1: Yeah, blocker. so he's he's actually he works for yeah. you know he's he's in the finance department of Qua, uh, Quartz Cup. <laughs> what are they called? I keep. On a call them <laughs> Qualcomm. Quartz Qualcomm. Qualcomm's an actual thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but I did hear that they're opening up a mine in South <laughs> Southern Brazil. So uh, no. Uh, Damn you, Qualcomm. Um, <laughs> Qualcomm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, you all, to hell! <laughs> the, yeah, so R. Kelly is has been working for them all along. He's
0: like the the guy in um, Demolition Man. He's going to act like, what's his name? Wesley Snipes in De- Demolition Man. Okay. He's going to be that quite, like, kind of, like, quite funny, but then at the same time, darkly funny. Like, you kind of feel uncomfortable yeah. watching him. because um, He's slightly villainous. He's slightly enjoying it too much. Um, but then, but then like at the end i reckon that is going to be a conflict between um the 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 manager what's his name who's the who's the mid-level project ben manager Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, fighting uh toad fist to fist with like um kilmer they're like they like and kingsley's like really seems to be really good a fighter. He's got a knife or, or something, and he's doing really well. It's like a knife fight between the two of them.
1: There has to be some sort of scene where... So, obviously, they're there, you know, there's maybe, maybe a good 20 minutes of the film is them just integrating themselves into the, mm. the camp, maybe finding out secrets. Uh, there's going to be that tension of maybe not letting on that they know each other. But maybe there's yeah. a tense scene, like a sort of Tarantino scene, <laughs> where he draws it out, maybe, where one of them lets on to one mm. of the others or, or maybe one of them says something that they shouldn't have said mm. uh, let slip something and that that means that the guards are on high alert then then obviously you're going to have the set piece of the night that they actually reach the inner sanctum in the mine yeah. and the night that they plot like the escape from alcatraz type tension where like it's a, a big step basically
0: i think they're going to try and like collapse the mine yes, as well yes. to like stop I think anyone from saying
1: that, that maybe maybe it's one of those scenes where like kingsley wakes up one morning does the rounds of the project manager checks the timesheets, etc um gets <laughs> the, in a sanctum and then finds like the the aztec thing is gone and it's going to come up but maybe they get split up so maybe there's some of them get, that get locked maybe you know the the Uh, landmines and stuff go off and they're they're trapped Uh, so it becomes like a tense claustrophobic bit for a group of them maybe like I say Kilmer breaks off he's he's, he's sort of the big hero here Kilmer breaks off and goes toe to toe like you said with uh, Ben Kingsley but I reckon
0: there's going to be a waterfall nearby that is now collapsing into the the cavern because they've exploded it like water jets are streaming in, so it's yeah, flooding yeah. the cavern so it's like there's a time limit on this fight between him and kingsley because they're going to slowly drown elizabeth berkeley's trying to escape oh. meanwhile ross kemp is like taking like whatever they're taking with him he's like trying to get everyone out like, all the prisoners out and then yeah. r kelly reveals his true colors and then him and r kelly have to fight in line yeah. with um Ben Kingsley and um and that
1: yeah and you can have so much like good cutting between the two fight scenes. Yeah. like a Meanwhile. punch a
0: punch going from like from Kingsley's fist and then landing on, <laughs> on on like Ross Kemp's mouth and it's like oh yeah, and then it cuts during yeah. those things. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. loads of great like hand to hand combat stuff going on. Um all of them doing their own stunts all of them all of them definitely
0: i mean ross kemp ross kemp can i mean yeah.
1: oh he, he can yeah yeah he, he's got no problem there he was maybe berkeley is maybe she like plays like classic heroine thing of like she releases the prisoners
0: we can yeah she's helping him. Um, like help the prisoners that's a classic heroine thing yeah yeah that's brilliant and then I reckon that because it's one of those things. He's like that guy in the mummy, you know, the the, the kind of weedy guy who's oh, like Jonathan. always in it for the money. Not Jonathan, like the one who's like the one who becomes like the mummy's sidekick and yeah. um, yeah. stuff like that. So I reckon that's going to be R. Kelly. Like R. Kelly is going to be yeah. like trapped under some rubble, that's great. and he's going to be like, like help me out, Ross, help me out. And he's and Ross like drops one of the last mines or something in front of R. Kelly, and it's just, like slowly beeping. And, like, it's getting, like, faster and faster. And then, like, one of the last scenes of the movie is, like,
1: Rast, you son of a... And then it blows up, the the mind
0: blows up. Yeah,
1: exactly. He doesn't get to finish his his insult. Yeah, Yeah. that's
0: brilliant. And then then as they're, like, driving away, you know, satisfied with their mission well done, you then have R. Kelly's
1: ignition. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And you've got, you know, scenes of, like, all the... uh, prisoners cracking open whatever the, the local beer is in brazil uh they're sort of like knocking together yeah. a few cold ones there's like a montage of them uh sort of celebrating and then max
0: van siddal
1: though is like
0: calls in someone who you oh, don't see the what it is this is the click it's got to be on cliffhangers and actually yeah thing. okay the track track. Tackle, obviously yeah to lead to a sequel so he calls in someone who you don't know who it is and he's just like you know what this is this has been awful we're gonna have to change our plans or whatever and then who comes out of the shadows who's going to be the new the, the new project manager <laughs> the new project manager um i think i think out of the shadows comes it's the guy who plays phil mitchell <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he, he, here he is yeah on a three-month probation as the project manager and Phil Mitchell walks in. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's great. Von Siddow and Phil Mitchell. (laughs) Great combo. And then Phil Mitchell, it goes blank, obviously, and then it cuts, and then, obviously, you've got uh, the Quartz Protocol 2. Jewel to the death. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got Phil
0: and Grant Mitchell facing off against one another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's gonna end, that's gonna have a scene where like they are gonna be brothers in this because they have to be brothers in the sequel, and it's gonna end oh, with what? it's gonna end with like Graham, like Ross Kemp is gonna be like like cradling a uh, a mortally wounded Phil Mitchell, um, and like tells the yeah. other people to go because he's like he's like I'm not gonna leave my brother behind and then like the, the, the kind of cavern is collapsing and like everyone's oh. leaving and then like Ross Kemp and, and Phil Mitchell are like together um, as, as the cave collapses around them. That was so bad, it's good. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our second episode, talking about uh, some of the the best worst action movies out there. I don't think we've even scratched the surface, and I'm sure we'll return to it at some point. Uh, to to round off, from my point of view, I feel like if you're going to start somewhere, watch Roadhouse. It's on there. It's on Netflix. It's so accessible. It's such a laugh, and it you know in these in these kind of times, it's quite nice to watch something that you can just enjoy and take the mic out of. Would you agree?
1: Oh yeah, completely. It's it's a belter, brilliant. brilliant
0: um so yeah as as always we're on we're on twitter at s b i g underscore podcast please do follow us um we do really appreciate everyone who listens to this and we're so grateful for anyone who uh, spends the time hearing me and ash just have a chat like really we're really grateful for it um we are now on spotify and uh we're also on castbox and i believe we're on all the major other um platforms for podcasts so please do download listen share with people subscribe do all that lovely stuff you don't know how much it helps us um, but that's it for this episode. Uh, before we sign off, uh, Ash, are you going to give us a little tease of what's on uh, episode three?
1: So this, to me, is going to be a journey to, to the motherland, really. Uh, next episode, we're looking at horror films. We've got, sketchily prepared, we've got some 80s horror classics, which is a big boom time for, for horror. I've been addicted to them uh, since I've been a kid. Well, I probably watched them far too young, still enthralled to them now and i'm really excited to to dig into them in the next episode I'll wait cannot wait until then thank you
0: so much and uh we look forward to catching up with you next time